Welcome back to the Key and the Light podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake, coming live. Not from my basement. I'm actually out on location, having a little field trip today on a nice drizzly gray day of Chicago, which is apparently now just our normal weather here. And I'm glad you can have a weather update and let me give you a World Cup update as we're, as we're going. Morocco and France are <gasps> heading into halftime. And it could be... Oh, France will be up 1-0 at halftime. It's half a big time. chance there. Yeah, oh. Big chance. Big chance And that Moroccans. lovely voice right there is... Good friend, old friend, um, I would say the 2020 MVP of Key in the Lake, <laughs> the one and the only Bob Zacharias. What's happening, brother? Thanks for uh, thanks for coming by. Yeah, uh, different venue, but uh, same but different. You know, same but different, but you know, equally as good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe better. I don't know. Yeah. You tell uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I didn't even say where we're on location at. Uh, we are over at the Great Maplewood Brewery and Distillery of Chicago. Um, if you have not, I would assume if you're a fan of this podcast, you've probably heard of Maplewood. But if you are not from Chicago and you are visiting Chicago, it is one of the must stops for all of your brewery and drinking destinations. There is a plethora of them in Chicago, but um, this one definitely stands out. Crispy cakes. Crispy cakes. <laughs> It'll be back. It'll someday. be back. Someday. But no, thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Yeah. Uh, happy to be happy to be back on the pod, and uh, feels like it's it's been a long time, but uh, but it hasn't in the same way. Absolutely, and I don't think we've ever talked about with you on just talking about Maplewood. No, no I don't think we really have. Uh, yeah, I mean Maplewood Brewing Distillery opened up uh, and started in 2014. Um, the facility has been here since then. Um, and then the tap room lounge bar opened in 2017. Uh, so we just passed the five-year mark uh, for the lounge. Um, and, yeah, we've been brewing out of here uh, ever since. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think having the brewery and distillery is, is really unique um, in terms of being able to – I think when, they, when we started here, the idea was to, to have something that – you can take beer and then have spirits that are almost uh, inspired by beer mm. um, or using some of the same malts um, and same grains that you would to make a beer and turn that into a spirit and then age it. And uh, I think that's something that's pretty unique. Um, a lot of our a lot of our whiskeys um, uh, have a lot of the same grains that we use to make beer in. And that's kind of fun and different and can show um, show flavors in a different way um, between beer and spirits and how they how they impact um, how they come through. Yeah, I think cool. this brewery and distillery is kind of the the perfect amalgamation of what's happening in the alcohol scene in Chicago over the last 10 years, um, 12 years. Go back a little bit further, but how breweries popped up, um, led obviously by Goose Island um, and a couple other bigger breweries, and the craft movement just kept going and going, and then came along craft distillation, and now you have that all under one roof here. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I think... Being, having that is have uh, has given uh, us the ability of trying different different uh, different spirits and different mm. whiskeys, different liqueurs, um, delicious liqueurs, and uh, yeah, um, it might pair well with another whiskey from Australia. Oh, so yes, I've heard. So yes, I've heard. Yes, it would <laughs> would very well. Um, and yeah, doing just fun different stuff and um, still wanting to always to grow and and the the production side on the beer far outweighs the the distillery side of things, but. Um, uh, but we're still trying to grow that um, and the best way that we can while being fairly limited in the amount of space and right. that we have and um, we have one still. So it's, it's, it's a small, the distillation side is a small part of, uh, of the overall process, but, um, but still lets us be able to kind of um, expand and flap our wings a little bit. 
And after your venerable exploits across the Chicago bar and restaurant industry scene, you came here in the spring of 2021? Is that correct? Spring of 2021, yep. Uh, and yeah, I mean, when in talking with these guys, you know, I've obviously had worked a lot with Maplewood mm-hmm. in the past over um, between the Bar and Buena and, and Fountainhead and, and those locations and um, have a great, had a great relationship with those guys and really respected them uh, for what they're able to do. And having that, uh, there's always the, the kind of like, you obviously want to grow as a small brewery and that's the, that's the whole idea, um, but then still having the craft aspect and still, um, still being able to do unique and different things and not um, kind of not be pigeonholed into one thing and so um you know even i when i'd go out to a bar get got to the point where i'd see a maple with tap handle and i'd ask what it is and almost all the time i'd order it because yeah. the consistency um and being able to do different styles of beer very well um i think has has led to be uh the growth and then the support uh from the chicago community and then now outside and distribution and that um you have uh some built-in trust with with people yeah. um which uh which has been great and it's been a uh yeah been a fun year year and a half almost almost two years now that's crazy yeah i, I can't believe that when i was saying spring of 21 that was like early spring of 21 too. yeah 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 it was february yeah oh, it was february february okay. 21 yeah, yeah. i mean you're gonna I take came. over it was either you take over binnies or you come came over, over right <laughs> yeah yeah, um, and uh, and yeah, it's been great, and it's um, allowed me to you know one obviously I've done you know we've done a lot of tours and I've been to a lot of facilities mm. and have uh, studied and learned about the brewing and distillation process, but to be working working with it a little bit more hands on uh, while I'm not doing brewing or distilling specifically myself, but being able to be a part of it and see how the day to day operations go and right. um, and then getting into just the overall aspects of of operating a space that is on premise, but then has a, has, has operations going on too, has been fun. And I've been able to learn, learn a good amount from that too. It's awesome. Yeah. Right, so you're, is bar manager your title? Uh, general manager oh, for, sorry. The, for whoa, general manager whoa, for whoa, the lounge. Whoa, whoa. T- sorry. Fancy, fancy, uh, general fancy. manager for, for the Sky. lounge tap room. So I, I don't over oversee all the aspects. It's, it's, um, I oversee the front of house operations. Um, and then, um, but so in uh, different meetings, I get to taste stuff and yeah. I'll just kind of, poke my head around and be like, Ooh, what are you guys working on? Or, right. um, was just chatting with, uh, the distillers about doing a smoke single malt. Mm. And, um, we were checking out this, I, I, I'm, it's for escaping me right now, but there's a farm out in Indiana that is specializing in a lot of smoked oh, malts really? and grains and stuff. Um, and a we smaller just, farm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Smaller farm. I, I got, I'll ask Adam. Is it um, by journeyman? I don't think so. Okay. Cause there's a farm out there. I, no, I'll, I'm not going to drift into that subject and take us off course. So please keep going, Bob. Um, but no, just um, in being and just um, kind of being able to um, even just like poke my my head in and and, and uh, throw out different ideas and stuff. And these guys are great about um, about you know they want uh, they want a lot of people's opinions and yeah. stuff. It's a real team kind of aspect in that regard in terms of coming up with different ideas of different beers, beers, spirits, whiskeys, all that stuff. It's been How, a lot of fun. What's the biggest difference between operating a bar at a brewery distillery versus just operating a bar and restaurant? I mean, I think one thing, and this is and this is a good thing. It's it's a it's a challenge. Is that um, I had been used to working in with with a lot of different people in terms of a bar and restaurant, whether it's like doing events with different breweries, right. bringing in different products, and while we're releasing sometimes two to three beers a week, we're coming off a lot of different products. But um, but I guess. One big difference is like is you're working within one 
one company. On a house, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know. And you know, uh, annoying reps like me popping your head. No, in. no, hey, no. Bob, I, you got I five love minutes? that. You got five minutes? Uh, I do, and I do miss that. But um, and so that has been um, uh, has been a big difference. Um, but it has been a lot of fun just in terms of trying to do different, different whether it's different events, different creative events um, to bring people in and to um, and to give them. I think. One thing that I thought was going to be a lot different that isn't, because um, it's just coming to my head, is that I, like having like the bar and restaurant, like there was a lot of regulars and a lot of like neighborhood people, and I thought that that might be different coming to the to the brewery, right, and in the tap room, but it's really not. We so you have, have regulars. We, we have yeah. people that are in three to four days a week that we know. We the know their first, guys. first and last names. <laughs> yep, the logistics guys, um, people that live in the neighborhood. Um, there's people that come in, you know, they it's just, they, it's just their, their Monday stop and we see them every Monday and you get to be friends with them and you get to know them and having still that aspect of community. And then you'll see people that come in from out of mm-hmm. town mm-hmm. and they make sure they have to have a, have to stop at Maple and you're giving them a unique experience in terms of people traveling in, um, to come and visit your brewery, which is pretty cool. Really so cool. I, I, uh, that has been something that, um, I thought would be a lot different, but isn't. Yeah. Um, and having that community and neighborhood aspect, which is great. Yeah, I guess it, it, at first when you said it, it kind of surprised me. And then I'm like, wait, the bar I go to the most in my neighborhood is a brewery. So right. like, yeah. With Dry Hop. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And it, a little less since the pandemic, but that was like a weekly stop for me um, before the pandemic was like, go there, have a beer, go there, get dinner on a Friday, whatever it might be. So it shouldn't really shock me because you can bring that quality of service from a bar and restaurant that's serving a hundred, 200, 300 different things or be underneath one house serving just your products. Right. As yep. long as you're doing something good, hopefully it'll create the environment. People want to come back. Yes, absolutely. And, and be part. And between, um, having, you know, being on the, dis- the distillery side too, is having a full line of spirits to be able to have people try. There's, there's still, I mean, a lot of people that come in here and they don't, they didn't even know we were a distillery too. Right. Because they just right. see the beer on the market because the distillation side is, is a smaller aspect of it. And, um, and we want to have the products to be able to serve here. Um, I only tell people about the beer. And so, right. right. Spirit side. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and so, um, so that's really cool to be able to show people, you know, um, that, that we do do more than just beer. Yeah, absolutely. Is it um, going back to your former post at Fountainhead, which was, I think, pretty well known as a whiskey bar for tourists, even. And I'm sure people came from across the country, across the world on vacations and stopped by Fountainhead, correct? Sometimes we would, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. But are you, are you seeing more of that now? Because I think I'm seeing more of it now, right. I think. Because it's a destination. You know, yes. A brewery's a destination. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think that um, for better or for worse, um, I think that there has been over the last eight to ten years, um, there's been a little bit of a of a change in terms of people coming in from out of town that for for the longest time it was what what craft beer bar, what craft whiskey bar do I have to go to? Right. And now where there when a lot of people travel, it's what brewery am I going to, what yeah. distillery am I going to? Yeah. Um and within here you can go to like 12 different breweries yeah, <laughs> within I mean, you two could miles. Go, yeah. you, within two miles. I yeah. mean, e- easily 12, if not more. Yeah. Um, and so there, there has been a little bit of a change in that, a little bit. And so um, so still kind of seeing a lot of the people that come in from out of town that are going coming in and, and being able to uh, uh, to give them, a, when they leave, that they're like, oh, man, this is a great place. I'm going to tell my friends about it. It's, right. That's, that's it's always been the goal, right? Right. And it has a neighborhood bar feel, the way it's situated in between the, tra- the train, the neighborhood, and everything, like, just cozy 
brick and, environment. And that's what it's always been. Is it's a, I think even when I I wasn't here when they opened up uh, the tap room, the the lounge, is that it wanted to be a neighborhood bar. Yeah. And that's that's what we want to be at the end of the day too. Here is a neighborhood bar. Where people could come in and they can get a beer, they can get a cocktail, they can get a frozen cocktail, they can nope. get a spirits flight, they can get a whole list of different things. Um, and so. Um, so that's been a lot of fun. And then working alongside too, with like, um, the retail aspect has been, mm. has been a little bit different too. Um, right. and I feel like that's while I think in working with bars, certainly picking up a bar t-shirt or something, uh, bar glassware, right. you know, Glen Karen glass or something was, um, never heard of them. Right. Um, but people that come in, they, they always want to get, you know, they want to get their friend a t-shirt and they want to get their friend a hat huh. or they want to bring it back home and give it to, to their dad who can't make it out, but they love their beer. And so that aspect has been a little bit different. I, I was su- maybe surprised because I've, I've worked in with a lot of the breweries. So you would do an event, they bring you a t-shirt. And so, I, you know, I'm um, fortunate to have, um, have gotten a lot of Warm, beer and, yeah, yeah. and distillery swag. And so oh, yeah. the amount of people that come out to buy that stuff is, is great. Um, but it was a little surprising. It's interesting too, because you had that retail aspect at Fountainhead, mm-hmm. but it was also out, out the door into another door, but the availability of literally, I'm like, we're looking at the bar right now mm-hmm. and just to not even a step away from the bar is your retail spot. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And with the, and with the market, it was, it was while wow, we did sell some cool, unique, um, products um, that weren't just the beer spirits. That was what predominantly people were going in there for. We're, we're, we're purchasing alcohol. Right, right. And not as much of, um, oh, so you're t- of the merchandise yeah. Yeah, the merch. sort of stuff. Okay. The merch stuff. Huh, that is interesting. But yeah, but I guess as many brewery and distillery spirits shirts that I'm sure we both have mm-hmm. a wardrobe to live the rest of our yeah, lives yeah. in, uh, when I go to a great place and they have a cool-looking merch, I still buy a hat or a T-shirt. I, right. don't, need, I don't need it whatsoever, right. but yep. I'm like, well, I can fulfill another spot. I can just uh, throw out one of those T-shirts back from, like, 07 mm-hmm. <laughs> and take, sure. it, take in a new one. I mean, when I left uh, my former distillery, I had, I think, 25 shirts. Right. Yeah. And you're like, what, what do I, I do with all these? Yeah, what do I do with these? Like, I, I, I'm not going to wear around that much. And mm-hmm. this become, I guess, workout shirts and yep. goodwill shirts. But still, when there's good merch, I always want to buy something new. Yeah. Yep. Huh, I, never th- I would never even thought about that aspect of working for underneath a brewery distillery inside of that pub. Mm-hmm. Huh, how that would change engaging with customers. Yeah. But especially if they're visiting. They right. They want to take something they home. Want to take, they want to take something home, you it's know? A, it's a better souvenir than a mug with uh, the four stars on it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I agree. Because we do over-abuse the, uh, the usage of our flag. The, the flag, yes. For all of our merchandise. Yep. But you guys use it very subtly with just with the one star. Yep. We use it with the one star, but there's um, kind of like the, it's almost like a six-pointed, um, five or six-pointed star is kind of the idea. Oh. Explain that to me. So. I've wondered... The sharp points, I always assumed something. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what. But and then the, and then I guess it's a good conversation to like have the on the podcast. Stars, like there's, yeah, there's five different um, kind of points at the M that you can spot out, and then we turn that into like the little into the little star, and then that mm. kind of then the idea is that it kind of uh, represents the the Chicago colors there too. Yep. Um, that we use in in the overuse of the Chicago flag and star. So just kind of an innovative way of doing it. Right. Without it just being. So in your face. Yeah. Huh. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it also, I'm not sure who's the person from Maplewood that's been selling all of the signage into retail shops across the city, but 
it stands out at every shop I go by. Oh, yeah. I, feel yeah. Like I feel like it's at every independent retailer um, when it comes to like the little, a little bodega spot or just your little alcohol spot in your corner store. Um, it's just right in your face right there. Yeah. Oh. Are we ready? Me? Are we, are we ready for this go time? Barrel 70. 70, yeah. Oh. All right. All right. We're up, we're up for a challenge. Yeah. Up All right. for a good challenge. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we are, are here you? for something special today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just recording a we're podcast. We're just recording a podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Trust me. After recording a podcast at a bar for five months, we, we're very used to things happening and yeah. just let, yeah. let, it, let it be very fluid in that right. sense. Right, right. We're always, uh, there was always something going on. Two guys walked in while you were in the back, and I was setting up, and they're like, are you open? I'm like, I don't think so. But, no, right. um, no, no, not open just yet. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with no on that one since the chairs are still on top of the tables. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, we are here for a special release of the distillery today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are, uh, we're releasing our aged uh, Fat Pug American Malt Whiskey. Um, this is uh, two full years um, in American White Oak. Uh, light char barrels from Minnesota. Um, one of the first whiskeys I think that we made. Um, yeah. Um, inspired by our Fat Pug Oatmeal Milk Stout beer. Delicious. So a lot of those same grains that we use in the beer, we use to make this whiskey. The second maple wood I ever had in my life. Was it Fat Pug? Yeah. Yeah. Charlton was the first, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and again, speaking to how and making spirits that are derived off of beer, what's pretty cool about this is like, you would almost think that there's that we put actual chocolate uh, into the beer, but, yeah. but we don't. First note that came off. Chocolate yeah. malt, uh, roasted malt, uh, dark Munich, um, some pale malt in there as well, um, and just how those how those flavors change that you get in the beer to the spirit. Um, I think it's pretty fun and different, mm. and it's been cool to like have people like have a fat pug nitro oatmeal milk out beer yeah. and have the whiskey right next to it. Hmm. And see if they're picking up the same flavors, if they're picking up different flavors. It's a fun uh, process and an experiment. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so this is this year's uh, release. Um, we were uh, fortunate, lucky enough uh, to get a gold medal at the 2022 uh, San Francisco uh, oh, Spirits Competition nice. for Fat Pug, um, which, is, uh, which is great. And, um, and this has kind of been Was that for American Malts flagship category? whiskey. Um, so Man, don't um, worry about it. We I know we. Which category? People ask me about we. The little outfit that I work for in Australia won 12, 12 of those things. Oh yeah! So oh, I, big year for big year for the <laughs> yeah, Star. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Though. Big we'll, year for the we'll Star. We'll talk about Wars, that on man. the Star Wars podcast. If you ever can get the owner on the very elusive Dave Vitali, that <laughs> that would be wonderful. Just to get that git of a human being on our podcast to tell us all about those <laughs> ventures of bringing an Australian single malt all the way across the world We're, and hiring some punk from Chicago to represent your brand. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, so these are, um, we do bottle them up from single barrels. Um, so everything's single barrel. Uh, yeah. For fat pug. Yeah. Wow. Everything is single barrel. Yeah. So what, what was we don't, the do, we don't do any that? blending, um, in, in terms of for this product from the barrels. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it was frankly just the amount of barrels we were able to, to, right. to store and yeah. to age in. And I'm guessing with really all that grain, it's a higher cost as well. Mm-hmm. And you kind of want to see that show out as one exemplar barrel after another. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, maybe people 
get some different notes from 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 a couple of notes from different barrels. If I uh, get some more licorice on this one that we're uh, nosing right now. Oh, yeah. But uh, I get yeah, little, I see that. Yeah, a little bit more spice to too, this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. For the first one was like cherry dark chocolates, like as you were talking yeah. about, and we were talking about before we turned the podcast on. But impressed by the nose, if you will. Ooh, spice really comes through. Yeah, mm. spice comes through a lot more than the, than the first one we were just having. Yeah, it was much. This uh, is, see, this is this is what's so fun, right? I mean, these barrels were right next to each other. That's the idea of doing a single barrel of it, right? All. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now the chocolate's coming through a little bit more on the back end. It but, is, but there's definitely more. There's still spice. like a like a anise, yeah, black licorice type of fl- not clove, but just a mm-hmm. and a spice, maybe slight white peppery in a way, but um, that's delicious. Dang. I'm just so impressed by the evolution of this distillery. I mean, I've loved the beer since day one, and craft whiskey is – I've worked for multiple craft whiskey brands. I know the challenge of making it Mm -hmm. and making Mm -hmm. it consistent and producing it to see the first time I – I think the first time I had Maplewood uh, Spirits was 2019 at, uh, at Fountainhead, actually. On the rooftop. So, so this, yeah, that was when we did um, the cigar uh, night. We did the cigar night. Yep. Yeah, it was back, at, uh, uh, independent uh, we, spirits expo. When we had a whiskey week in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, bringing it back, Bob. Mm-hmm. It's my mission um, to bring it back. And I was just, I, and I was just thinking about this earlier. This is kind of uh, somewhat of a full circle. Is that the first bar um, that the Maplewood whiskeys were poured in was at Fountainhead in I was 2017. Wondering. Wow, and it was just when I was going back over there from the bar in Buena, and um, and me even Ari can attest to it. He just like hand delivered some whiskeys and <laughs> well, with an in, with an invoice, and yeah. and uh, so yeah, um, Fountainhead was the first bar to carry Maplewood whiskey. Such an incestuous uh, yeah, industry right? we it's have. Weird. Yeah, it's we're um, always one degree of separation away from everything. I feel mm-hmm. like, and I always thought the Fat Pog was a cool, unique, unique whiskey, and and, and yeah. you just touched on. It. I mean, it is for a craft distillery, smaller. It is hard because you want to you want to put out product that that you make that you're that you're proud of and and you also it it, it costs us hurts it costs us a little bit more you yeah. know and um and this the, is like I feel like in the last couple of years craft has become such a like almost a naughty word in a way because it has a connotation with it that it's young it's bright it's the oak uh, relationship with the spirit isn't there just yet but this says no all those negative connotations that come with the word craft. Throw that out the window. Like it has nothing to do with it. This is just delicious whiskey, ah, and it tastes. Uh, you get the malt shining through. Um, no, I think you could put this in front of somebody who's just a whiskey drinker and think like this could be a malt whiskey from Scotland. Yeah, I mean that's a, the hopefully that that's a, that's the idea. You know, is that yeah. we want to, and and even just I mean like I, I don't said, want to I mean, offend it's, you guys it's not, that it's not, term either. It's not it's it's just over two years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we do use um, we use smaller uh, smaller barrels. Thirty gallons. Um, fifteen. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's fine. You're it's fine. Don't worry about it. No worries. It's um, fine. And so by doing that, you know, we think that obviously that we get a little more more the spirit gets a little more contact with uh, charring the with, barrels with, too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then, um, you know, a little bit more of your spirit gets a little bit more contact um, with the wood at a smaller Absolutely. amount of time, right? And no, so but you'll still be able to... Two years in a 15-gallon cask, it's not a short amount of time. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty nice relationship for the wood to be interacting with the spirit itself. Yep. Oh, man. Um, no, this is delicious. I can't believe it's a 15-gallon cask either because sometimes you do get, like, 
a sharp note from whiskey being inside smaller cask and right. almost like the flavor of the barrel gets shocked into the whiskey itself. But mm-hmm. no, this has matured really nicely. I love the notes. It's just leaving on my palate too. Like I'm yeah, getting more, of that, more of that chocolate sitting there. And really cool that this just, just happened by, by occurrence, by chance that we're, we're tasting out the same product from two different barrels. Right. And, and, and just both of us seeing the difference in the, and it was our, our owner and head to Sorari brought over this uh, this bottle that we're just we're bottling this up as kind of as we speak, <laughs> and so which is awesome, um, but like, to, but pretty cool to to do that and to, and to show. It's a pleasure of an experience to be here for that. Mm-hmm. So no, that's awesome. I got it. I'm I'm just so impressed by it because not saying that the first time I had Fat Pocket was bad. It's just come such a long way, and I I can speak that to the distillery I work for now, like tasting barrels. Four years ago, which is weird to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and t- tasting it, you're like, wow, it's, it's this is good whiskey. And then tasting what our distillers are doing now and how they've been ever able to put barrels away for a little bit longer of time and let that heat fluctuation kind of get in, seep inside of the cask mm-hmm. and be very present in the overall taste at the end of the day. Um, I just want to applaud the whole team at Maplewood for making this delicious whiskey, oh, though. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, and and then with the being able to experiment with some of the different liqueurs um, has been has been really really cool and fun and we've got now we've got a, four different uh, liqueurs as well a chocolate a bitter orange a pistachio and the most recent uh, being a coffee liqueur which we use uh, with um, coffee from Hexa Coffee yeah. right down oh. the street One uh, of the Parker best roasters the best. Yeah. shout out Parker yeah um, actually and met Parker for the first time at Fountainhead oh really uh, yeah when we did our uh, World of Whiskey event yep when mm-hmm. uh, when the world was slowly opening back I up. I think that was, yeah. That was the first first whiskey tasting we had done. Like, I like to tell people it was the first whiskey event that happened in Chicago uh, after COVID. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. A, little, a little more you know, pat in our that back for us. It was, yeah. yeah. A collective uh, pat in the that back was for a collective pat. You had a, you had a massive uh, part in that. So no, thank I, you for being No, I just, you know, I just provide we're, the whiskey. We were just a venue, you know. It's, I uh, just... Uh, I bring microphones and whiskey to things. That's about <laughs> all I do. It's my mo in life right now. Uh, and so yeah, and, and, and along with um, uh, with the fat, the release of um, of the Fat Pug uh, Age Whiskey this year, um, and uh, Adam Smith, one of our distillers and uh, special projects manager, is going to pop on in just a minute. Yep. But uh, we've got some fun new blending projects um, that we're we're going to be coming out with pretty soon that we're really excited about, and has been uh, been a lot of fun for me to. Kind of getting get into some barrels and and us to taste some stuff and right. we're we're really excited about that to um to kind of showcase like different um you know different ways of of having products to get in front of people and that um just because of our space and our size and it's hard for us to have you know the oldest whiskey we could have right now would be six years you Are know you aging everything just, here. We're eight, we age everything here. All the spirits <laughs> are aged here. I mean, you can see. I mean, that's the, the, the those. It's right behind you. I mean, those are all of our spirits that, that are aging, and so it's hard for us to um, to come out with the older stuff, right? right. And so, but um, but this project that we're that we're working on is um, is taking some sourced uh, sourced whiskey and um, and putting our own little touch on it, you know, and, and being completely transparent about it. And uh, on the and label, right there, you know, yeah. I mean, from on the menu today, working at yeah. Fountainhead, uh, you know, I mean, Blonde Brothers is a great example of of never heard of them the, of them being able to do great uh, to to have great whiskeys while they're still doing their own stuff too, you know. So, uh, by the way, our their former sales rep who moved on a little while ago. The Matt Brown, how's Matty doing? Is well, he good? He's a, he's a, he's a free agent right now. Oh, really? So if anybody's out there looking for a good whiskey rep, 
Matt Brown's a man. I'm not saying it, but you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love him. Uh, and hopefully, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Go for it. And we're back. Bob, we are back. Brief break. Brief, brief, break. brief break. You know what? We had to get all of our uh, T's crossed and our I's dotted mm-hmm. and all those things, I guess. <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, but I will let you introduce that our guest now who's come to the yeah. table with us. Yeah. Uh, Adam Smith has mm-hmm. uh, become a good friend and um, has been really helpful in kind of showing me a lot of things on the production side um, and uh, has really had a lot of a great footprint on this new program, uh, blending program that we're, we're coming out that we're all really, really excited about. And so I wanted to have him just come on for a few minutes and chat and, uh, and talk about that. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, Thanks for being here. Adam. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess I'm invading your space. So you know. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> not at all. Either way. Uh, but how long have you been with Maplewood? Uh, I guess just about eight years. Oh, really? Yeah. It's wow. been a while. I started off doing um, Mike's good. Mike's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I want that realism on on uh, the voice. The, the voice is sounding real nice. <laughs> Don't worry about that. No, I started off doing like um, it was brand manager. Okay. So it's essentially like they're going to hire you to do everything. Yep. So mostly sales. Um, my background was in brewing, home brewing mostly. And um, right before I got hired, I went to Siebel and did a course there. Not the full uh, diploma program, but took some brewing uh, programs there. Uh, so that was my goal. And uh, I brewed here at Maplewood for you know, th- Four years or so, four or five years of that, of my eight. No, I'd say six now. Now I'm saying it out loud. And uh, I moved over to the distillery probably about uh, a year ago, maybe a little bit more. Um, and I've just kind of been rolling with Ari. Ari's uh, put together the, the, the single malt program that we have now. Uh, I'm sure you guys talked about sing, uh, single malt. Fat pug, I'm trying to say. No, I didn't mm-hmm. really ask why, why single malt. Uh, you know, that's a great question, and, and it's our system. We're, we're uh, if you want to call it handcuffed by our system, um, you know, and I wouldn't call, I wouldn't necessarily have to say handcuffed. It's not a negative thing, but we have a single infusion like brew house. So really we can, we can dough in at one temperature, um, and we really can't, we don't have rakes. We, we don't have anything that, that gives us any, uh, prowess when it comes to you know messing with adjuncts when it comes to wheat uh, rye um, and what we've done uh, on the brewing side is really push the boundaries so um, with adjuncts specifically so we've gotten better you know with the single infusion system with oats and wheat and things like that but rye uh, on our system is just a no-go just too hard to clean up afterward yeah. too, too yeah. hard well we can't even drain. Or processing just yeah, the grain can't itself. even can't even drain a liquid yeah. through the grain. It turns into like a, a cement mixer, and we've done uh, almost like internally famous two batches of a hundred percent malted rye because we wanted to do it. We, right. we love rye. Everybody here loves rye, and um, why can't we do it? You know, we figured we could do anything in the early days. Hundred percent malted rye, no other grain. And uh, both times we brewed it, we left it overnight and just like walked away, went home and let it like trickle into uh, into the boil kettle, into the kettle. Um, and, you know, we got enough overnight to, to, to make it worth it for those two batches. But is it worth it moving forward? Absolutely not. <laughs> In fact, we just put the kibosh on our high rye 
bourbon that we've been doing for a couple years now. It hasn't been released, but okay. we should actually see a, a release of our bourbons this year. Breaking news. There we go. There we go, right? <laughs> and those are so much news. Gosh. Yeah, there you go. They're, they're cool because we do everything off grain, which was what I was getting to. Um, so because we're off grain, mm-hmm. uh, we're trying to, to filter to louder uh, the, the sugar, the, the wort, if you will, um, off the grain, off the malt, into the boil kettle, and then, for, you know, collect it, homogenize it, you know, um, add any nutrients, da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. and, then, and then we'll ferment it from there. So it's a clean, essentially a beer ferment, right? right. There's no grain in there. There's, there's no husks, no residue. Hmm. Uh, if anything, it's just yeast matter, which, if anything, a lot of people like to distill on leaves, right, and get that fruitiness. So we've been known to do that with certain brands. Um, and that's why part of the uh, everything I just mentioned is why we really can't do that hundred percent malted rye. It's you know if we if we did just kind of um, create a flour uh, a mash you know and, yeah. and do it that way the way they do it in Kentucky uh, with these bourbon mashes then then yeah it wouldn't be a problem. But we're all off grain, so it, it makes these things really hard. Uh, very similar to to what the Scotch you know yep. brewers do, obviously right. So. Um, I guess it all syncs together that way, easier for you guys. Yeah, 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 and and that's why we went with single malt in the in the beginning. Gotcha. And now American malt whiskey is becoming a, a which we're trying to to, right. get it to become a thing, right? And so, um, what is the mash bill of Fat Pug? Fat Pug used to it, so we want it to be an American malt whiskey. So it used to have oats in yep. it, and we've removed that. Okay. Uh, it's pretty much a base of pale ale. So a nice high color uh, base malt. Mm-hmm. Um, we put uh, chocolate uh, chocolate malt. I was almost said chocolate rye because yeah. we used to have chocolate rye, and we had to remove that because we want that American malt name. Um, so we replaced that with two different kinds of chocolate. We put chocolate malt in there, pale chocolate. Uh, we put um, two different kinds of caramel malt. We put roast malt and uh, uh, like a black malt, like a... Um, not a black patent. It's like a dehusked, uh, bitterless um, uh, carafa from Wireman Carafa. Uh, there's there's a few different versions. We'd use the dehusked, so it's it's not bitter. Um, and we just use that so much in beer in our stouts that we've we've become you know comfortable with it. So we put that in the recipe, uh, and I think that's something that's in the 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 beer that that this is inspired from as well. So which is yeah great kind of have yeah. to do that, that it's very that cool point. when you can do that as a brewery slash distillery yeah and have something kind of creative and unique from both of those worlds colliding together and you yeah. can as bob and i were t- talking about earlier you could sit down at the bar and have them both side by side and compare them like, i love doing so, that i love how doing many people stuff, ha- yeah. anything doing stuff yeah. like that you know yeah. is, is a lot of fun whether it's with with a uh a, a single product or with like beer and whiskey pairings or you know like um it's so much fun to do personally i love to do that and so professionally being able to serve people that and be like hey here's the beer try the whiskey now it's really cool yeah it's really fun and we do it with gin and stuff like that as well but you know it's it's definitely more fun with the the aging and the whiskey and and the malt the malts make more sense because they're the superstar when it comes to gin we're we're looking more at the the hops and stuff like that that we're adding but 
It's not a gin show, right? Makes sense for a burger. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. Not a this gin show. It's not a gin show, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not a gin show. Key in the podcast, lake. Or it's not a gin show at Maplewood. Key no, in the lake. I don't know. Not a gin show. No. We could, we, could, we, could, we could be a gin show, I guess. <laughs> Everything every distillery probably interview has a gin on the back yeah. bar as well. So yeah. um, always in there as part of the arsenal. Except for, yeah. Except for all of our single malt friends over in Scotland. Right. But, um, it seems like you have a great passion for distilling now. And did that some something you just kind of grew while the distillery actually grew at the brewery? That's a great question because I know exactly how it happened. Mm. It was um, it was being being the lead on, on our barrel age program uh, and sourcing all the barrels. I became really familiar with. Barrel aging for beer, right? For beer. Yeah. That's uh, actually how I met Ari was selling him barrels from Caval. <laughs> yeah, insane. There yeah. you go. Yeah, back yeah. in like 2014, yeah. 15, I want to say. Yeah. So you know, sourcing those barrels, as as I'm sure you know, can be it can be easy, it can be hard. Uh, but uh, yeah, back in those days when no one knew what they were doing in distilling, it was a little bit harder. I think I for people. I believe it. Yeah. Now it's like geez, can't get we, can't keep them in stock to get. I don't even want to say what I just paid for our yeah. our barrels, uh, <laughs> yeah. our Pedro Jimenez barrels. <laughs> I understand. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, but. At the time, you know, sourcing all these barrels and getting to know the brokers and, and uh, uh, just the process of why they're using certain barrels for certain grain bills and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I started to pay more attention to that and, um, you know, just started cheating my way over to the distillery and asking questions. And when a spot opened up, um, it just just kind of snuck in yeah a little yeah. natural progression there, <laughs> yeah. into there. And, and you are still doing a lot with uh with some of the barrel aging beer program too with the yeah. source and the barrels and, and yeah yeah and I, I still love that i i love i love barrels i i would say i love barreling uh maybe even more than distilling so maybe maybe it's like a, a blending thing yeah. in my future but i mean i love distilling and i love the whole process but really passionate when it comes to the barrels it's no, I, fun. I totally understand that like in the last four years or so with my position at Starward, there's something that we call our wood policy mm -hmm. and it's so integral into everything we do because we're putting single malt into wine casts every single day yeah and i never really thought about it as a policy other than just a necessity to make whiskey just putting it inside of barrels and then you start to learn the depths and the characters of each individual wine cask and where they're coming from in this country and how it can affect single malt in this way and then yeah. we blend you know 10 barrels of extras and 10 barrels of ex pinots yeah. and then like five calves to make a blend and that's our consistency right there like it's it's so much more of a science and, and an arithmetic almost if yeah. you will than just uh guessing i'm sure it was a guess in the very <laughs> beginning was, and see what the outcome yeah could be. there's got to be a little bit of guessing right, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, start I think somewhere that's, yeah. that's where the good stuff happens sometimes Absolutely, right like yeah. for for the creative person you're like well this could either be bad or you know and then you have those moments those epiphany moments where it did work out yeah I have a vanilla slash honey guy that we talk about all the That's time right. here, yeah, right? Yeah, the vanilla he, honey guy. Ooh, no. He's the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to do a barrel-aged vanilla, like a, huh. like a, not an extract. I was going to ask an extract. He wants it to be like a drinkable extract. So like a high, high, high concentrate of vanilla bean, you yeah. know, just age the beans in the barrel with a, with a bourbon or a whiskey. Oh, and I thought he wanted to make like some kind of version of like oat milk with vanilla or something. I wish <laughs> that'd be that's more my speed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, this is not a no, milk podcast. Not a milk show. Not, not a milk, milk show. show. But, no milk um, show. Yeah, I, I 
I, I was like, well, you know, I started thinking about what we could do after that. Right. What I could put in that vanilla, you know, dr- like a drinking burb, like a vanilla drinking extract. There's some marketing thing in there oh, somewhere, yeah. but it could also be it super kitschy. Yeah, it could and, like, and be bad. Could, yeah, turn out to be some weird flavor <laughs> to it. You never know. But it's I like the next the peanut butter thing. You know, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I wanted to be somewhat romantic still. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, not a peanut butter show. No, no. Not a peanut butter flavored whiskey show. Or whatever. I almost called. ate a spoonful of peanut butter powder on my way out. That would been a good idea. But I was uh, like, for talking oh, like, necessity. <laughs> coughing it out on you guys. Uh, been there. Uh, and so, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, tell get, us a yeah. little bit about what, uh, what we're, you know, kind of um, a sneak peek, as you will, uh, for today to mm-hmm. go along with the Fat Pug Age Whiskey release. Absolutely. So, and the reason we were doing this is because, as I mentioned, we do all off-grain. So the intention here is to get some blended products that not only feature our, our stuff, but uh, more so uh, feature a product that we can't offer here. So mm. off-grain distillation. Uh, we have a good relationship with MGPI in Indiana. Never heard of them. <laughs> so as does everybody. So we use, um, you know, we use we use uh, some of our resources there to to try to get really good barrels, um, which is again, uh, you know, just like the the standard barrels, the 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 barrels full of whiskey from these guys is is hard to find and even more expensive now. But to the point of of today. Uh, we were able to get some really nice stuff, specifically, and I'll, I'll start with the Cherry Brandy, mm. um, because we were able to get um, some of their rye whiskey, so it's the 95% mash bill. Uh, I think the last five is, is um, mm, barley. barley yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, we Heard, t- Heard's popular mash bill out there. <laughs> People love it. Not as popular as the other one, which which is a 21% high rye. I see that everywhere. Right. Yep. Uh, but this is the 95%. Uh, they're straight rye whiskey, and this one is five and a half years old. When we put it into bottles, it'll it'll have the five year age uh, statement on it. Great. So it's a five year rye. Uh, we finish it in cherry brandy barrels. Uh, unfortunately, the the source for the barrels um, cannot give us the uh, didn't disclose. You know, the, yeah. The, the the disclose rights, who yeah. who made the the brandy, the cherry brandy. You know there. how that goes. Yeah, but it's it's. Um, it's less so than like, us, you know, it's, uh, what I'm trying to say is it's very in your face cherry. Mm. It's not as um, soft and, and nuanced as, as some brandies or Calvados, things like that. It's almost like candy in mm. your face. So it worked really well with the rye. How long is the finish? Uh, nine months. Oh, wow. We do nine months in there. Oh, great. Um, and we do, uh, <laughs> we did use some vibrations as well to try to, uh, quicken the aging process okay. um, or not the age it doesn't quicken the aging process but it helps to um, pull flavor right. from you know altering from the it. wood right so did we go full copper and kings and do some metallica down the basement <laughs> um, i did mostly uh like i did some hip-hop and some uh underworld some 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 dance music from the 90s okay heavy drums Something you might have heard, like in the skating rink back in the day, maybe I don't know. Jock Jams, or, or or maybe like a rave or something. Oh, yeah. even better, yeah. yeah. If it's Chicago, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, house music for sure. Definitely. Uh, so, so I guess yeah, that's where the, the name comes from, vibrations. Vibrations, and 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 it's we don't want that to be the number one thing, right? So it's honestly, it, we did it, we did it enough so that we we feel it did its job, and then like you know, with the nine months is is really pulling all that flavor out. Anyway, uh, yeah. I was getting the flavor um, 
extraction. I think we've pulled a nail out of that three months in, and it was. I, I felt like it was already ready to go. Yeah. So I think. I think. I think we mean you both. We both did. did. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Bob was we there. Both, we both looked at each other and we thought huh. we could. This is ready. We could do this now. <laughs> was Was the idea always to use brandy barrels, or was it whatever you could get your hands yeah, on? Yeah, whatever we could get. Okay. And I saw cherry brandy, and I knew we had that rye coming, and right. I thought that'd be cool together. And when you think of the mash bill of what you were describing with you know the chocolate malt and the chocolate flavors that come through here and the sweetness, I think it kind of just clicks like right in mm -hmm. the head. I'm like, oh, that, that could be a barrel that could actually work together in a finishing product and not just be something to dump whiskey inside of for the mm -hmm. fact that finishing is a very hot commodity. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's more we, we want to be a little bit more thoughtful in these decisions. Great. Um, and what kind of you end up with is almost it's it's obviously so fruit forward so cherry forward yeah um but as it sits and develops in the glass you start to to really pick out a lot of other things that are going on in there some mm. some cool nutty like almond notes obviously the 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 rye flavor is in there pretty heavily mm. um the thing that uh, i thought like punched out at me was like it's a perfect cocktail actually you know you could right. sip this it'd be really happy but I, I was excited to see what kind of cocktails that mm. you know bob and his crew could come up with or any any bartender that 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 knows what they're doing and there's a lot of them in chicago um <laughs> someone behind the bar raising uh <laughs> have you come up with any cocktail ideas yet uh we've had a couple of different ideas with this i mean we we tasted them out a few different times and i think now that we've got them bottled yeah you know i didn't want to uh I don't want to be be thieving too much, you know. <laughs> in terms of, in terms, but now that we've got now that we've got some bottled, we're gonna come up with some more um, some more ideas, and uh, and I think it'd be really fun to use these and to have you know really spirit forward cocktails too. I mean, we do a lot of spirit forward cocktails. We do a lot of other fun cocktails because because of our liquor license, we can't carry other spirits. Oh, nice. So we're a little bit. As uh, Adam kind of mentioned on, on a separate occasion, a little bit handcuffed mm -hmm. uh, because we can't use any other spirits. So right. we, we make a lot of in-house syrups, juices, and things like that. Um, and so to be able to um, to do some more spirit for cocktails is something I'm, I'm excited about with this nice. stuff. Heck yeah. Um, the other one that we're there, we're kind of sneak peeking here before, uh, before they end up in labeled bottles is the... Uh, it's a blended high rye bourbon that I mentioned is 21% bourbon, uh, high rye, I should say, uh, from MGP, of course, as I mentioned. And um, that we blend with a small portion of our fat pug, um, which you guys talked about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about fat so, pug. So, yeah, yeah, it has all those really nice uh, fruity notes with some, some chocolatey notes. Um, blend that with their high rye and really bring out um, some of those really cool notes in the in the rye that that mm. weren't there before you know right um for some reason i was really getting marzipan out of that mm. um the first time i pulled it um i haven't had it today um <laughs> uh, but i will i haven't we had will. it today yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um so i can't speak you know super um uh, vividly about it um but the sh i love the way the sherry comes through um gives it a sweetness um and, and it is a Pedro Jimenez, which is one of the sweeter sherries, right? Uh, which personally was the, uh, the, the, that I had to have that to start with so that I could go down from there. I've never, this is the first Pedro or sherry barrel really that we've ever had. 
So start sweet, and then I can kind of build down from there, if that makes sense. It does make sense. No, you, you know? can start breaking down, like adding the spicier components to it and taking away a little bit more of that, adding like more like vanilla flavors mm-hmm. if you wanted to. I, I definitely understand what you're saying from there. Absolutely. It makes, makes, it makes a lot of sense. It's a nice base and a good building block to have kind of work backwards, yes. if you will. Yeah. Yes. Um, and these are pulled out um, today at Cask. Cast strength. strength, yeah. The um, I believe the cherry brandy was one nineteen point five. Fantastic. And the uh, Pedro Jimenez Jimenez was um, one fifteen or one sixteen. Okay. So just a little bit lower. Will um, they be released at Cast Strength in the future? Uh, they'll either be Cask or we'll get them down to uh, hundred. Hmm. We're talking about doing a hundred just so we get a little bit more bottle. Makes if sense. it makes sense, you know. If, if it we takes if, away too much flavor and character, then we won't. Good because it's it's every time we take it out, we're just yeah. kind of blown away at how good it is. And personally, uh, I don't drink it like that. You know, I always water or ice, okay. but it's I love as a consumer buying it that way, right? So that I can do Have it the on choice. my terms, right? And, and I know you guys probably talk about this a lot. I'm not saying anything new. <laughs> you might. Who knows? <laughs> we have a lot of idiots in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I like the idea of doing cask strength for, for that reason. Right. Because the consumer, we, we, I think we sell to an educated consumer anyway. I was wondering, like, is the consumer coming in here, maybe the average consumer is coming just for the beer, I would guess? But I would ask. I would default defer to Bob on that. He yeah. sees more customer base. Than I, I think that there is a, there's a small percentage of people that come in that that um, and they might be coming in from out of town. So they, they don't live in Chicago. Yeah. Maybe they live in St. Louis, where they might only get our beer distributed out there, and maybe a very very small portion of our spirits that they might not even know were distillery. I mentioned that before that there there are some people that come in that are like they kind of look, they see the back <laughs> bar, they're looking, they're looking at the barrels, and they're like, wait, are, you guys make make mm. make spirits too right you know um and so which but, is an but, educated consumer you know that mm-hmm. but then there's also a good portion of people that you know i mean they um i mean our sometimes it's hard for us to keep our our bottled aged whiskey in stock that's what we've been having you know um because people are buying them and so there is a there's a, a good amount of educated consumers that i think um when they when they see this i think they'll be excited about what we're doing and and obviously being transparent about it and yeah. trying to still have a, a really high quality product that we can have our stamp on, so to speak. Um, Great. While we're trying to build the age, our own aged whiskey program. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, uh, we just need some more space. Oh yeah. We, we need, Big we time. need, we need a, is that the next need, venture? We need more space. space. Yeah. I mean, I keep telling them at least give me a warehouse that's bonded or something. You know? <laughs> warehouse, right, right. Here, we can get all these barrels out we of here. We are in Chicago right. for God's sake. There's <laughs> yes. warehouses everywhere you go. Well, I know. So we're, you know, that's uh, hopefully the next, um, a next, uh, step in, uh, in the evolution of Maplewood, I yeah. guess you could say is, um, is, um, is a bigger space and having more, um, more production and, yeah. and that, that's kind of a goal. Beautiful. One last thing, I, I was looking at the the blended bourbon. I didn't mention that 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 uh, high rye is uh, just a little over four years. Oh, okay. So we most of the stuff that I see from MGP is is about two years. Okay. So that's why we're trying to like keep it, you know, not huge. It's usually going to be about two casks worth when we do bottle them. Yeah. And uh, we're trying to get older age statements, again, for the reason because I want to offer something that, that we can't do. Older right. age statements and off-grain, mm-hmm. or excuse me, on-grain, on-grain. distillation. Are or, you releasing yeah. MGP stock by itself and nothing blended in together with what you make here? 
Uh, the only one would be the rye, which is 95%. Okay. It's 100% there. So that is all MGP. This That's is all correct. MGP. The mm-hmm. other two, uh, we've bundled in a small portion of Fat right. Pug. Yeah. I think there's, right. an, there's something smart yep. about that, too, because there's other distilleries that have got their start through MGP and then start distilling their own and they start putting that out like a three, four or five year old whiskey and people are like, well, where's that 12, 13 year old? And there's that confusion. Not that they weren't transparent about right. what they did. It's just an, un, not a necessarily an, an ignorance, I guess, if you will, to how 12 year old whiskey is going to taste different from four year old whiskey. doesn't mean it's bad whiskey or inferior mm-hmm. whiskey. It's just different. Yeah. And when you guys are fusing it together, you're kind of creating a, a standpoint and a base for your customer to know like this is what it could be yep. this is what we're going to go in the future yeah. and doing and then maybe one day you're only doing maple wood distillation right yeah that hopefully that be, hopefully the goal Absolutely. will be that the then we're doing yeah we're doing 100 percent maple wood six to eight year yeah and then and you know and in, in our barrels we get from Minnesota i'll be dead i'll be dead by yeah. then <laughs> a portion of vibration um the series was was always meant to be done in in um collaboration as well so Great. there will be some sort of collaboration whether, whether it's us working with mgp to to procure the barrels um or and and we've worked uh we we, we spoke with uh, whiskey acres already about about doing something okay oh, uh, so we want to be able to blend our barrels with with some some other distilleries that aren't just mgp you mm-hmm. know mgp happens to do this for a living so it's very easy yeah um whereas if i reach out to you know um Koval or whiskey acres or, or whoever um they might not have enough to want to sell right because right? they want to sell their own they're also growing too yeah 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 but that's the goal you know to yeah. get there and and have a portion you know even if we do turn this of you know eventually to to our uh, all of our products um in those many many years from now i think there will still be a collaborative uh, effort to it that's awesome that's yeah. great um yeah. before we go i just wanted to say thank you for producing your delicious coffee liqueur because <laughs> we use that in a cocktail during the world cup um over oh, at green post yeah. a little star word maplewood combination and it was delicious love it uh, sold quite a few of those so thank Heck you for yeah. that yeah um, i love that yeah i love uh, bringing <laughs> bringing everybody together so it's yeah awesome. man yeah. i love that liqueur and uh, i saw uh star word was doing um in their distillery, uh, I think at, the, at their in their tap their tasting room, they were doing it with Mr. Black. Yeah, we have a That's pretty awesome. good relationship with them because they're Australian uh, they're, as well. They are. Yeah. They're based That's out of Sydney area, uh, but Big Papa Diageo bought them out recently, ah. so the partnerships will probably cease <laughs> okay. a little okay. bit more. Um, but yeah, they uh, we well, do let a us lot. Know you well, need then to let's put talk. a bulk order yeah. of that yeah. Right? Yeah. coffee liqueur in. We'll yeah. send it out. Any, down anytime under. we need to do some cold fashions, as we call yeah. them, um, we'll definitely reach out to the Maplewood way. But yeah, we do a a bottle. Uh, cold fashioned back in Australia. Awesome. We do like three or four different bottled cocktails, and that's one of them. Yeah, with Mr. Really Black. cool. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe that's someday cool. we'll have them here in the U.S. Or we'll God go to no. Australia. Yeah. Guys, come Maybe to Australia we'll anytime. Yeah. Anytime you want to. Oh, we could God. pick some barrels out, bring them back to Chicago. All yeah. right. Some, <laughs> some, <laughs> we were just looking at some red wine yeah. barrels. Yeah. Hey. Plenty of those oh, over yeah. there. Actually, I got a place here that sells them. Oh, yeah? Uh, what do they call it? It's like an Australian sherry. It's got a name. Oh, apparel. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. We we uh, yes. we use quite a bit. Of, those are the ones I was telling you. Oh, that went from this to that eighty-five to eight hundred dollars. Got it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just got offered some for about eight hundred dollars here in America. Yeah. Well, that's AU, so that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it is. Now that I, now that you're saying that, I'm like, maybe I should get them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're cool. delicious barrels. Maybe that's what we build Solera and okay. that's only aged in those casts. Okay, awesome. So yeah, but we'll like break the staves down from like all these different barrels oh. and then rebuild them back up. Our broker will. But um, we choose what we want, and then they'll build like 30, 1600 gallon casks for us to do. 
That's really cool. And then rechar them and age them and throw them into oh, a yeah. giant infinity vat. Yep. And yeah. And we get a few thousand balls over here in the U.S. eventually. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> it's a process. But um, <laughs> no, I, I just I love coming to these places. I, I just love seeing the growth of everything that's happening with this brewery and distillery. Um, so fortunate when I heard Bob got the job here a oh, year yeah. and a half ago. So are we. I'm just like. All right, found found a good home. So yeah, um, big time. We all we all been we're through some happy. tough times in the past couple of years, but uh, I feel like we're coming out of it, and like the city just just bouncing, like a, a great vibe to what's going yeah. on yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Even, Even the pizza are, scene got better, which is like, how could that yeah, happen? Right? Yeah, they <laughs> one, did. One by me actually, and I will not name their name. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to put them. I'm boycotting them right now. <laughs> for, oh. Well, my wife is, so I guess I am too. You know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, and my favorite pizza place actually closed recently. Luigi's over in Lincoln Park. Uh, oh. Yeah. There's a bummer it's walking bummer. by there, and you're like. Why are they closing on a Monday night? Stinks. Walk by two nights later. Oh, the close close signs on the door. Yeah, but we will prevail, um, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the thank whiskey. You. It's thank, delicious. Thank you, Jake. Thanks. These for uh, vibration out, series will be out in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Okay. Early twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yes, well, sir. I'll, I'll and in, in the meantime, uh, we'll be available while we have them available to have individual pours and, yep. and taste them out. Yeah, come um, to the lounge. The bar, the lounge. Say Absolutely. Bob. Yeah. Um, come to Chicago in the wintertime. Flights are cheap. Hotels are cheap. And uh, come drink some beer and whiskey at Maplewood. There we go. Hell yeah. yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.